One of the most important parts of building your app is monetization. At least if you want your app to be your product and you want to make money off of it and this is going to be your thing, right? So like continually just raising seed money? Yeah, yeah. I've I've heard people do that. and it, That is a monetization and strategy. It's, it's a strategy. Yes. It's a why don't I stick a fork in the light socket strategy, but it's a strategy. It is. <laughs> I feel like a lo- there's a lot of misconceptions around app development as a product. I think a lot of people think they have that million dollar overnight idea mm-hmm. and they don't they don't really think about how to monetize their great idea. Yeah. So they like will willy nilly, they'll build their awesome product and then they'll just think, well, I'll throw ads on it. And then, yeah, it's more of an afterthought. I'm going to band-aid it yeah, on there. And then money. if they don't like ads, I'll just let them pay me to remove the ads. Boom. And then like then they have their million dollar idea, but there's a lot more that can go into it than Oh yeah, you want annoying ads on something. You want something sustainable, that's not sustainable. It's an annoyance purchase and it leaves a bad taste in people's mouths and they're not going to be recommending, "Hey, you should go download this amazing app and then watch a bunch of ads and then pay $5 to not have to watch ads. It's not something that happens. So it really needs to not be an afterthought. App monetization is the practice of building money generating strategies into your app. And it's one of the most important aspects because it's not just, like we said, a staple on there. Here's a quick way to make money off of it. App monetization really should feel natural with your app and it can define a lot of the way that your app works, that the user experience works. For example, there are apps for managing tabletop RPGs like Dungeons and Dragons and that kind of thing where you the base app is free and then you can buy additional character slots for money or you can upgrade your dice set to cooler looking dice for money. And that is something that feels natural and it's a, hey, that makes sense. Whereas if it was, I pull out my character sheet and I have to watch an ad to get to my character sheet, that's gonna be annoying as hell. And I'm not gonna use that app. I'm just gonna delete it and move on. So it's really important to get it right. Yeah, so there's a lot of different monetization models that you can follow. And it's super important to understand the type of app that you've created your target audience, and what are you providing your consumer or your user base? Yeah. Because it's not necessarily just pay to use my app or it's either ads or subscription model, right? Yeah, or there's some kind of service behind the app that you're paying monthly for. Yeah, what's important? How is your app used and why do people want to use it? Mm -hmm. And you kind of have to figure out your value proposition, right? Yep. So one of the first models that I can think of is either we talked about it, the the built-in advertising and the freemium model. Yeah. So built-in advertising and freemium models are based on, well, we'll start with ad-based. Ad-based is customer watches an ad, user watches an ad. And typically it's if they actually interact with the ad, then you get paid for it. And it's a super small amount. We're talking, I get 0.0003 cents for each interaction, kind of small. And depending on 
the platform and where it's being used and which which platform you're using to provide the ads, that can change a lot. And it's usually not a lot of money from an interaction. And so you expect the user to sit there, watch the ad, interact with it, however you make your money. They can continue using your app for free. It's a lot like there's an app on a lot of TVs, Pluto TV, where it's just like in the 90s and early 2000s where you watch TV, they put up an ad and you have to watch it. They get paid for the ad space and to get that ad in front of you. In your app, it's the same deal. But with an app, they can track, did they interact with this ad? Did they click through? Did they buy something? And that's another stipulation. A lot of platforms will actually look for, did they buy something? And then you can get a percentage of that too. A solid example of an app that does uh, in-app advertising well is Instagram. Yeah. I feel like they not only target you well, they're usually always like very intriguing. Oh yeah. Intriguing Social media in general your attention, you know? does ads really well. And that's, I mean, TikTok, you scroll through and half the time you don't even know it's an ad. It's just another video. Exactly. And then you re- and then the little screen pops up that says shop now. And you're like, oh, wait a minute. No. This is a thing I could buy. But when it's done well, it doesn't bother you. Nope. So as long as it like kind of falls in line with the flow of the app and how people use it, you're not going to annoy people. Yeah, but that's something you have to plan into the user experience and consider what kind of ads are going in here. Mm-hmm. With the TikTok example, if they just flashed up, here's a banner ad, like every couple of swipes. Like then, early 2000s yeah. <laughs> and late 90s uh, web advertising. It would be right? annoying as crap. Yeah. But where it's a video, it's entertaining. Typically, it's geared towards how does this platform work? It's not annoying. It makes sense for the flow and it works and that's fine. That's great. And that's a great implementation. Where a lot of people go wrong is they say, okay, well, I'm going to put in Google AdSense and I'm just going to drop it in my app. Yeah. If you're not controlling how the ads get chosen and delivered to mm-hmm. your client, your user base, they're probably not going to be well-placed and they're going to be annoying and obtrusive. Yeah. Obtrusive is a good word. Yeah. Ad-based revenue can work. Typically, it's not very lucrative. It's and it's hard. becoming less lucrative as time goes on. People are programmed to ignore uh-huh. ads. They they did a study a while back where they actually proved people don't remember the ads. They don't click on ads. We're so burnt out because we're bombarded with advertisements everywhere that people are just not seeing them anymore. Our brains are just ignoring them the same way we ignore our nose. If we move away from ads, mm-hmm. uh, people don't like to pay for apps. So freemium. Yeah, is, freemium is a pretty good model. It's a common model. And I want to say a lot of startups get stuck in this trap of creating a service that they don't ever know how to monetize. Oh, yeah. So you're stuck in like this just recurring or recursive loop of raising capital. Mm-hmm. and burning through it just to like get your user base up. But how does that actually generate revenue in the future? So that's like the hardest puzzle to solve if you are providing a free app to people. Mm-hmm. Well, and that's why a lot of the freemium apps will implement systems like going back to that Dungeons and Dragons character sheet, tabletop sheet example I used earlier. The app is free. First character is free. 
first set of dice is free. And that's great. You've got them on your platform. You've got them used to using your platform. They want to roll another character. You got to pay 99 cents or whatever you decide to charge for the next character. Cool. I'll just unlock that. So that pushes us, though, more into in-app purchases versus Mm -hmm. like a freemium model, right? Yeah, I guess that's true. Which is fine. We can talk about in-app purchases because I think freemium is, it's an interesting strategy, but I think you have to be very well funded to push through to make it work. Yeah, that's fair. Because I would say like Twitter was a good example of that, right? Mm -hmm. Because they didn't even have um, advertisers for like the first like 10 years, I feel like on their platform. Mm -hmm. I could be completely wrong, but I feel like that's what it was. (laughs) Somewhere around there. Yeah. I don't know. I don't think freemium is a smart model to try to use. And we've both worked for companies with no revenue plans or no idea how to actually drive any revenue into their company. Yeah. Yeah, we have. (laughs) It's a really dangerous road to go down because it's really short-sighted. It causes you a lot of problems. And then you're stuck with this. Okay, I've built this user experience. I've built this app. Now what? Mm -hmm. And everything just feels stapled on. So honestly, like in-app purchases and subscriptions are my personal favorites. Yeah. So like what you were saying, you offer a lot of free stuff and you, the free things that you get on your app is enough for maybe like 90% of your users mm-hmm. and it works well and they love it. Right. Yeah. But then you still have your super users and your power users that want more from you and they're happy with how well your app works. And that's where you can make all your money. Yeah. You've got the whales that are willing to throw tons of money into your Just app. Just because they love Just your product. Just because they love your product. Yeah. And they kind of carry everything else and allow you to operate on that free tier for everybody else. Mm -hmm. And that's what's really great about the in-app purchases is it's scalable, it's flexible, as long as you're doing it in such a way where it feels organic to your app, then people love it because you're giving them an option. You've got, hey, I've got this product that I really like. I could pay more money and have this cool additional feature unlocked as opposed to... I'm going to throw five bucks at this because I'm sick and tired of seeing ads. Yeah. Give them a positive reason to give you five bucks instead of a negative reason. Yeah. Positive reinforcement and positive purchases will always benefit your app. Those negative interactions where it feels almost like extortion Mm -hmm. will always leave. (laughs) This is a hostage situation. (laughs) Basically. Give me $5 and we'll turn the ad off. It always leads it leaves a bad taste in users' mouths and they don't like it. They don't like being forced to pay that or sit through a really crappy experience. Yeah, it's just gross. Yeah. You don't want anyone to think your app is gross. Nope. You want them to want to give you their money, right? It's usually a bad idea. Yeah. (laughs) So you can be creative with in-app purchases. Like, just make it worth their while. And like, same with subscription models. Always offer like a base level. Mm-hmm. That gets them using your tools, loving your tools. And then you can offer a subscription like for $2 a month. They can now, I don't like have persisted or saved data or yeah. like whatever. Cloud whatever your, saves. Whatever. Yeah. Whatever your product is, just make it even better mm-hmm. and worth giving you money every month. But you always want to make sure that you have some kind of introductory free tier available, even if it's super limited. No one's going to dive in and just give you money. No. Without trying it. 
No, and it drives me nuts when I see products that, especially when they put push pay annually up front and save 30%. When you don't even know. When I don't even works. know if it works. Well, like, it even annoys, honestly, I don't even like free trials because mm-hmm. you have to immediately unsubscribe or you forget that you're on a week or two week free trial. Yeah, where they tie it to your card and then yeah. it charges. Like, just let me have a free tier mm-hmm. and tease me with the better features. And I'm if I like your app, I'm going to probably pay the subscription. Oh, yeah. Like, I've been in, I've been really into like mindfulness apps and like meditation and just, just trying to do things like that. And they only offer like so many of the apps only offer free trials. Mm-hmm. And then after that, it's like, I don't know, a hundred dollars a month. Yeah. Like some something giant ridiculous. gap, like give me something free. And honestly, I think meditation apps would work better off in-app purchases than a sub- subscription model. Like mm-hmm. I would buy a guided meditation for like I don't 20 know. bucks. I mean, you could set it up so that if you pay the monthly subscription of $12 or whatever. You get them all. You, Netflix well, not style. even that. They could just stop whispering all the horrible, violent thoughts. Oh, like, yeah. You know? No, I wouldn't want to kill myself. <laughs> <laughs> but there's, so there's like so many good ways to do things. And I'm not a fan of free trials because I feel pressured. Yeah. You've like, I have to make this decision now within this free trial. Yeah. And it's usually you've got a week or two Yeah, to decide if you like this tool that you're maybe going to use a couple of times. And I'm really bad at using apps. And I, I, I probably shouldn't say that because I build apps and I'm not <laughs> a heavy app user. Like when I use apps, they are, they have to be very useful for me. I don't use apps for entertainment. Well, you design, you do backend stuff. So I'm boring. And that's. Is that what you're trying That's to say? That's what the mindfulness is there for. You just absorb the code through the cosmos. Oh. That's that's all you do. You don't have to actually use the app. Exactly. That's... I just connect <laughs> directly to their API. Give me the data. Oh. So I think like that, those are the most, those two are the most used and probably the smartest routes to go. Yeah. I mean, it. It in-app, depends on your business model. In-app ads are the laziest way to go. <laughs> yeah, that's true. In-app purchases and subs- Like, honestly, if you figure out a good subscription model, you've won. Because mm-hmm. that's the best. You have your recurring revenue and you, you're you not just making a one-time purchase off a customer. Yeah. There are other types of monetization strategies that we haven't talked about yet. I, I do really like in-app purchases and subscriptions there's there are a few options people don't typically think about one of those is sponsorship as a monetization strategy apps will actually go and get sponsors corporate sponsors usually and they'll have featured content or featured whatever they'll style the app differently say for example they get a sponsorship from a serial company they'll change avatars and stuff throughout the app to reflect the serial company's characters like Lucky from Lucky Charms or the Tricks Rabbit or whatever. Like you'll see in TV shows and movies once in a while too mm-hmm. with like just ad placement. Like yep. Coca-Cola. Can. That's really what it is. It's ad placement. That's what the sponsor sponsorships are there without for. Being without being obtrusive. Without being obtrusive. And it's a dedicated sponsor who's already paying you money as opposed to I'm going to throw an ad out there and hope for the best. Yeah. And then that allows you to keep your product free mm-hmm. and you're making money off other businesses that just want to advertise through your platform. And if your users really hate cereal, then 
Oh, well, you know, it doesn't matter. And it didn't like stop them from using your product. It just existed in your product, you know? Yes. So that's a really good one that people don't typically consider, but it is an option. I feel like it's a, it's growing, mm-hmm. especially probably more in your world of like indie games. I said I wasn't going to talk I know, about games I this just time. I like, don't know. He should. Because that's probably the, one of the best examples. Oh, yeah, for, for sure. Cases. They put banners everywhere. There's There are a few games out now that are AAA commercial games, and they have actual advertisements in the game on banners throughout the city and that kind of stuff. Yeah. And they can even inject those at runtime so you can keep it dynamic and essentially you're paying you're having people pay for ad space and sponsoring your game in real time all of the time in an unobtrusive way so that works really well there are all kinds of ways to implement it but that's not what this is about yeah it's just a a good creative strategy right yeah i think it's important to think outside of the box if you're not sure how to monetize Mm mm-hmm Things like um, sponsorship's a good idea. Yeah. Another one that gets talked about a lot because large corporations use this is data monetization. And personally, I hate it. I don't like it. It's gross. Tolerance for it is going down over time. But it's essentially you gather data on your users and you sell that data to different companies for things like marketing campaigns, email campaigns what they're using there there's a comp there are companies that'll buy basically anybody's data on anything there's actually a big problem with when you rent a car and you sync your phone up to the bluetooth in the car people will actually go in after you drop the car off and you're done with it and pull your contacts and stuff and pull data from your phone that was synced to the car data sells but i hate it and i think it's gross yeah i agree to get away from that grossness, there are ways that you can monetize through like physical purchases with like e-commerce mm-hmm. apps and sites like that. So basically you have a retail app like Amazon or, you know, a Shopify store and you're selling physical items and that is your revenue stream. Yep. And it can even be swag about your product. Yeah. About the app. It can be plushies. It can be all kinds of I mean of ideal goods. situation is you you grow a cult following that wants your company's swag, right? Mm-hmm. Like we're working on a very secret project right now and we're going to have some really cool swag. It's so secret. It's so secret. <laughs> it's gonna be dope. <laughs> But yeah, so physical products, whether you're e-commerce or just selling swag. Mm -hmm. So if you have a really cool logo and people love wearing that stuff, there you go. Or you can sell stickers making fun of your own product. Yeah, that's whatever works. And then people support you through purchases, but they're not forced to. Mm -hmm. So you're only getting your super fans again. Yep. And I think it's important. I think it's important to monetize through super fans and customers that actually care about your product versus yeah. just trying to get money out of everyone. Yep. And that's where a lot of people go wrong is they think, well, if I get a million users and I force each of them to pay me a dollar, I've made a million dollars. Yeah. And that's a bad strategy. I'd rather have here's a hundred users that pay $10,000 or whatever, you know, Mm, exactly. You want to have a smaller subset of people willing to spend more on your app because they're going to be the ones that are your loyal following and stick with it over time. Yeah. And that quality loyalty 
is just going to make it easier to grow your product into something more amazing than just a saturated million user Absolutely. platform, whatever it is. Yeah. Another way to make money with apps that is gaining in popularity lately is affiliate marketing. And it's kind of the same idea as sponsorships or ad placement, but you're shilling a product, you are directing people to go buy something and you have complete control over the ads that you're generating, where you're putting the product, that kind of stuff. And it's more, it's less, they clicked on it. So I make a super small amount of money and more. I got them to buy a car through this dealership and I get 5% of the car kind of thing. And so people are kind of leaning on that where it makes more money. It's easier to direct people to things that you believe in, that you care about, not just this crappy game paid $600 to Google. So it's going to get shoved down people's throats kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So I like that one because of the control that you have. And at any time, if you decide, I really hate this product, you can change it. And you can also use things like analytics and really baseline personal profiles and there are AI tools that are being generated for it where you can predict this user is really going to like this product and you can pull from a pool of products and just say, okay, well, user A would really like this, user B would really like this and direct them down a path that you know they'll really like and enjoy to where the ad feels more organic and it's less annoying. Mm -hmm. Then there's also like lead generation for monetization strategy. Mm -hmm. So you allow people providing services to list their services. And so if someone wants what they're offering, they reach out to who's providing and they're automatically a warm lead at that point. Mm -hmm. And they're not upset by being cold called because they're actually interested in the service. <laughs> it's not really a cold call. Right. It was a, hey, can you call me? Right. So it's just a maybe a more popular platform that makes it easier to be discovered when you're not mm -hmm. driving traffic to your own website or whatever. It yeah. And this is stuff like Angie's list. I think they changed their name to just Angie or something like that yeah, recently. But where you're looking for a plumber or an electrician or Fiverr or like any yeah. marketplace of talent, a talent yeah, pool. Upwork, that yeah. kind of stuff. You're essentially facilitating those warm leads and you're getting something in return for it, getting paid for it. And you're probably getting paid for it from the people with the listing, right? Yes. So you're probably making a percentage or maybe a monthly subscription off of them to yeah. stay listed. I mean, with Upwork, for example, they freelancers on there pay the monthly subscription and all that crap. And then on top of that, Upwork takes a percentage of the work generated from there. You know what just popped into my head? Um, it's like a more, I think it, I don't know if it's conservative or not, but Public Square. They're oh like, yeah. They're like a listing of, I think American backed products or mm -hmm. American made products kind of thing. But like things like that, like anyone that like likes what they're doing can go find services through that platform. Yeah. So that kind of thing would be lead generation. And it is a pretty good strategy as long as the type of app that you have facilitates that. It's one of those though that that kind of has to be most of the point of your app. Yeah, I was going to say you're kind of building, like if you're if lead generation is the way you're making money, it's your product. A toilet timer with lead generation doesn't <laughs> Won't work well. <laughs> unless, I mean, you unless, need a, a unless you need a plumber. <laughs> no. 
Like this guy's been on the toilet too long. Why is his timer still going? And then a plumber calls. <laughs> Measuring hey, heart rate. He's probably okay? plunging. <laughs> is everything okay with your pipes? <laughs> so I think like we covered at least the very Most obvious the ways ones. to make money yeah. off apps. And this shouldn't be an afterthought. No. This is something you want to design into your app, design into the experience. It sh- monetization should never be a second thought. No, it should be your business. Mm-hmm. And then your cool idea is kind of second. Yep. So, yeah. App monetization, baby. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>